back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those that sell for a living and those that help those that sell for a living. And you're going to love this topic today because as we come closer and closer to Q4, if your number is not where you want it to be, if you're not doing what you hoped you could do going into this year, we got some key areas that uh, we want you to focus on. But before we get to that, Tom Stamphill is joining me. And he has a beer in his hand, and he cannot wait to open it. I want to open my beer, Scott. Okay, so I'm sorry I talk beer. so much. So open that beer and tell me what it is. <laughs> it's, 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 we are, what is it, 415 in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Yes. And I'm ready for a beer. Yes. Um, all, this is an All Souls Lager. Love that. Otter Creek Brewing Company out of, I think, Vermont. Uh, um, yeah, Vermont. Says, says yeah, it, yeah. Says, Otter Creek. Otter Creek Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, so this, yeah, Vermont collaboration. Love it. It just, I like that. It's very colorful can. I was it in is. the mood for a lager. So it's Get got 4.75 ABV, that's which not, I think is perfect for a podcast. Bad, yeah. So we're just kind of, ah, I just, boy, I'm excited about this. I'm thirsty. Yeah, you. I'm thirsty. You are, I I've worked parched. hard this week. I've worked hard this week. I've yeah. earned this. This has been mm. a very busy week so mm-hmm. far. Oh, that's. Look at the color. Yeah, it's very amber. It's got an amber, yeah. kind of an amber hue. Looks more like an ale. You just wanted to say hue. I've loved hue. That's a good word. Well, Tom, I am. I am going to go with a local. I've been on this huge Rhode Island kick lately. Yeah. And I've selected this week um, a little-known brewery over in Newport called Newport Craft Brewing Company. It used to be called Newport Storm. Mm-hmm. This is the Storm Blueberry. Uh, ale. Ooh, how apropos it is actually with Dorian. Dorian yeah. knocking at the door. Yeah, Dorian's on her way in. Uh, this is a Colch style ale with blueberry. It's 4.6% alcohol by volume. Mm. So, oh, listen to that. Mine's a little lighter than well, yours. Well, you had a, you had a, you've got a bottle. Yeah. <coughs> I love this. Let's, let's give that a little, here, cheers. Great having you, old, old Rody yeah. here. Excited about this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, Kind of in the tease we talked about, you know, there's three main areas that you really need to focus on if you're not hitting your number. Like, if you're hitting your number, you just keep doing what you're doing, right? Right. Or you're happy with where you're where you're. Or you're at. happy with the, where you are. The focus, uh, yeah, the focus today is we talked about kind of what, what, what do we want to talk about. Yeah. Is what, what, what helps you assess what you need to do to get to the next level or what are the dials that ultimately drive results, you know, and I think people sometimes make this way too complicated. It's really three things as we've studied successful salespeople, um, for years now, it's really boils down to three things. Are you motivated, productive, yep. and competent? Yeah. Those are the three dials. It's either a wanting pro- desire problem. It's a productivity problem or it's a competency problem. So if you know, if you can assess what's keeping you from getting to the next level, then you can change it. That's right. If you want to. Yeah. So that's our goal today is to offer a little encouragement, a little motivation, a little inspiration in those three areas. Always want to do that on a nice Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's take the first one. So personal motivation, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, w- I was um, I was blown away by by um, kind of an early mentor in my life. Yeah. Who said that when you're not motivated, it's not a wanting, it's not a discipline problem, mm. it's a wanting problem. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's not that you don't have discipline, it's because you don't want something. Yeah. And I look back on my career when I was stagnant or I didn't do the hard stuff, it's because I hadn't really 
and figured out what is it that I want. I didn't have a real strong goal. I didn't have something. I woke up in the morning or I thought, okay, this is what I want to achieve because there's a there's a principle I learned a while ago that what you focus on will determine your desire. Marketing people know this. They yeah. get you to focus on something. You see a car that you, you want don't have. You're like, I want that. You keep saying it. Like, hey, you know, I, I was fine with my car, but now I see that. Or I was fine with my house. Now I see that house. Or I was fine with my yard, and now I see that yard. I was fine with not having an ocean in front of me. Now I want an ocean. Yeah. So I'm, you know, again, being in Narragansett. But um, <clears throat> so that, I think that's the key is, is to start off by really figuring out what you want, um, and I think that's gotten me through some tough times in my sales career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can think of a great story, you know, and, and, and you and I spent a lot of time out facilitating and helping companies. And this story came from one of our, you know, very good facilitators who happened to be dealing with a woman that was making a transition from being a waitress yeah. to selling insurance. And she was wow. really struggling to make her number. Uh, and let's just say she was supposed to be selling 20 policies per month of this, yeah. of this insurance. And she was she was struggling with not only her ability to sell because she never viewed herself as a salesperson. Right. And so the first thing that our facilitator had to do or our coach had to do was get her to believe that she could sell. She used to sell dessert and fries and coffee. And, you know, be, just convincing her that the serving part of that role was the same thing she was doing in insurance. Right. Once she convinced herself of that, she was halfway home. The second thing was exactly what you were just talking about. What's my personal motivation? Mm -hmm. And so he asked her a very interesting question. Why are you not a waitress anymore? You seemed like you liked it. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I have bad knees. I cannot walk all day long anymore until I get knee replacements. And so he locked in on that because now he knows what her personal motivation is. And he takes her in this journey of asking her questions to get to what's important to her. And right. she said, if I could have knee replacement, I could do a sales job where I could walk around again. But today I'm stuck behind a desk with a, with a phone. And so once she made that connection and he made that connection with her, she was able to work her way into uh, a logical explanation in her own mind of how to sell. He came back a month later. How many policies do you think she sold with personal motivation and a feeling that she was serving? Given that you're telling the story, I'm going to say 30. So 30 was her goal. Yeah. She was doing 20. She sold 47 the next month. Wow. Why? She was motivated. Personally motivated and... She had a reason. Re and believed she was serving, not selling. Yeah. And, and but yeah, and I think that's important. And then that, that's another reason that sometimes that we're not motivated that we're not connected to a higher purpose. Yep. And that sometimes helps me get through some tough times when I think about I'm helping people solve a problem. I'm doing something more than just trying to earn a commission and I'm helping people do their roles or help their people do their jobs better. So, um, yeah, that, that, you know, your story reminds me of the early days of Aslan when, you know, I went from having a job at an office and a desk and a window and people were around me too. When Tab and I started Aslan, there was just two of us in a basement. And oftentimes mm. Tab wasn't there and I'm alone in a basement with literally no windows. Yeah. And it was hard. And I remember sitting in a movie theater with Tab and his wife and my wife and we said, okay, our goal is a million dollars in revenue. We have zero revenue right now. Our goal is a million dollars. And when we hit a million, we're going to go to Hawaii. Yeah. And that became this focus of like, I would picture that, like, what are we going to do in Hawaii? Yeah. And what will a million dollars mean? And can I get there? And, you know, that was 
making that a goal. And I'm not a typically I'm not a natural um, goal setter, but yeah. that really motivated. I believe that that can happen. Yeah. And I had it really clearly in my mind, and so that's what I that's what I you know that's what I focused on. Yeah, I think and that you, got me through some tough days. Well, because <clears throat> because someone assigning you a goal at work, a financial target right. that helps the company get better, might be somewhat motivating. Right. But when you can personalize it into something you want to be your or goal. Need, and it's your goal. That's when the transition takes. Yeah. The, the, the quick story I was telling you, you know, before I was selling copiers in, in Manhattan. And if you got to 150%, you got a watch. Right. Like it was a watch. Right. Why did I hone in on that and say I want? But that took me from being a constant 100% club player. Like I made 100% club every year. But you wanted I wanted the 150% because I wanted the watch. Not the the bonuses were great too, but, but I wanted the watch. You focused on that watch. I was you had totally the focused on you like that. Yeah, that's, right. That's great. It was it was yeah. awesome. It yeah, was, and I think I think that's the key. Is is if you're struggling with motivation, either mm. you're in the wrong role, right? When you got to figure out what you could gotta, be, yeah. Or you haven't figured out what it is that you want, yeah. And when you can connect what you do on a daily basis, which leads us to, leads us to our next topic, productivity. If you can connect what you do on a daily basis to something that you really want, you know, then you're going to be motivated. So you may have just you need to stop and take time to say, what is it? What is this? Is it worth the work? Yeah. Why, why am I? Where doing am this? I going? Yeah. And so sometimes we need to see the stop and, and have that that conversation. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. So I I, I think desire uh, motivation is is absolutely paramount. So let's talk about the next uh, bucket, if you will. Uh, you mentioned it, productivity. Productivity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that focus on activity. They focus on number of calls. They focus on those kinds of things, but productivity to me and I'll let you give a description too but what productivity means to me um, things that advance us forward um, yeah. we know the metrics that make a difference mm-hmm. versus those that maybe we just take as a metric because everybody else <coughs> so what so what does productivity mean to you and how do we measure it and uh, define it well I think this is where a lot of salespeople struggle because you know people that typically in sales aren't usually very structured they don't like to plan that's not true of all salespeople, but it can be it can be you know it can be you're just talking about us yeah i'm talking about me i'm talking about me but but i will tell you if what you want to do is okay so there's this big goal for me of a you know getting you know building a company to a million dollars from zero to a million dollars i don't have a brochure i don't have any experience but i feel like i feel like i can i can i feel like i have something worth um uh, you know, worth selling. I have a viable product. Yep. But how do I get there? So what I did is I broke down what do I need to do on a daily and weekly basis to get to a million. Yeah. So the the, the that's what made it work. That yeah. became my productivity goals. So I have a big picture goal, which drove my desire, and then I created a productivity goals, which literally is like on a daily basis. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And you were talking about, what, what is this? Well, I would pick things that move the needle. Yeah. So if I had a meeting with somebody, like a meeting with a new prospect, okay, that was my goal. I built my goals around things that mattered. Yeah, I, could, I had a goal of how many contacts I wanted to make that day, but it didn't really matter as long as... If, I had, if my goal was three meetings a day and I got those three meetings, then I'm successful. Whether I had four, five contacts or, yeah. you know... 
50. Yeah, 100 calls or 1,000 emails knew, or whatever. Yeah. What I did is I said I felt like I, I could figure out what do I need to do on a daily and weekly basis, and I literally created a little tick sheet, I called it, where I would I had I got so much motivation because when you when you've got this big picture goal you know that's too big to motivate you on a daily basis I, my motivation was I could leave that day knowing I was I was successful even if I hadn't sold anything or made any money if I could tick all of the boxes all the little numbers I literally created a sheet where I'd have one two three four five six it would have number of calls number of discovery meetings number of whatever and I would literally make the calls back this is back when all you there was no email back then right yeah there was no emails all calls all phone and i would literally go through all the and, and at the end of the day if i if i hit those numbers i was successful that i was successful now because i sold anything but i broke my success you were moving count. things I was forward. Moving forward and then i mon- this is this is where my motivation really kicked in i monetized it yeah so I would keep up with the number of hours I spent prospecting because I had other things I had to do too. Sure. I had to, you know, write and develop product, and um, sometimes I was delivering our training. Yeah. So I would I would organize my day or my week around number of hours that I wanted to prospect, and so then I would track that. And then when I would then I would see what I sell, and I ultimately determined that when I prospected for an hour, I made five thousand dollars. You got an ROI on your hour of prospecting. My hour of prospecting turned out as I measured it, yeah. it yield me five thousand yeah. dollars. So I started. I could. This became real. Yeah. Like I would go. Okay, if I do this, it's going to yield. And, and Pab, my my uh, the guy, the co-founder, did the same thing. Yeah. And that's how we got through the dark days in the basement. Yeah. That's. I mean, and you, we hear about some companies. In fact, we have a version of this in our own company where we you can assign point values. To the to the different tactics and, right. and productivity steps that go into a sales cycle, right? And when you do that, you know a discovery meeting might be worth I don't know five or ten points, whereas a cold call or a intro call is only worth one point. And so, the relative value of account advances each right. week is another way to motivate yourself and see how things are going. Yeah, that's probably good for both reps and managers yeah. to think about. That's a simple own. way to do it. Is it a is. point system where you say I want like our 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 sellers will will do that. They're mm-hmm. like they have a goal of forty points in mm-hmm. a month and they just based on their yearly plan of yep. the number they want to hit, based on how they how many accounts they want to acquire and grow. And they come right. up with their point system and then they just every week they measure how many points they got. That's it. And you can come back to that like you said, a perfect yeah. example, the ROI on your on your cold calling and your prospecting. Mm-hmm. So perfect. All right. So that's productivity. Um, let's talk about the third one. So what what's the third and final uh, way to to keep ourselves um, or, or help ourselves hit that number if we're not uh, where we want to be. This is interesting to me, but this is the most overlooked aspect of a seller's role mm-hmm. is how competent are they. Yep. So I think of people in sales very similar to an athlete or a musician. It's, yeah. it's a highly skilled position. There's a lot of skill involved, which makes sense for an athlete or a musician, mm-hmm. for example. Um, and because... You know, when you look at an athlete or a musician, they spend a lot of time practicing. Yeah. So because there's skill involved. Yeah. Like if I'm going to be, you know, play the guitar, I have to spend a ton of time practicing. There's no That's question. It. It's like John Mayer heard him say, I spent years alone in a room playing yeah. the guitar yeah. before. Because he knew that he had to spend years alone in a room playing yeah. a guitar before he would ever be on stage. Well, sellers just like, oh, I sell. I thought that when I got in sales, I'm like, I'm to sell. I sell. I, I I go out and I meet people and I sell stuff. And I yeah. no, and I look at how bad I was 
in when I first started versus you know the skills that I've developed. All that to say, competency is is a blend of knowledge and skills. If you're gonna be good at what you do, you have to practice. Yeah. And so it's better to practice with other people than it is with customers. Yeah. It's okay to practice on customers, especially small customers, but you got to practice. Yeah. And so how much time, if you're not hitting your number, ask yourself, how much time are you spending practicing? And if I took the thousands of reps I met with over the last 20 years, I would say very little reps very practice. Little. Well, even the tagline on Ales with Aslan is master your craft. Master your that craft. double entendre of yeah. craft beer and craft, meaning our profession. And I would agree. It, we hate to practice. We do. We do. We don't. And, and those with the bigger egos believe it even more. They don't need to. And, and it couldn't be further from the truth. And it's what a great way for a rep who wants to get better, so desire, has that motivation, wants to get better, to then ask their leader, help me get better. Help me get better. And that's that was something that I struggled with. I mean, I remember when I was early in my sales career, I didn't want to practice mm. because, I, you know, here's the real, and I didn't know this, I didn't want to look like an idiot. I didn't want to well, fail. And so when you practice, you look, usually it's kind of contrived yeah. and it feels weird and there's other people involved. It's yeah. not like I can go shoot baskets in the back by myself. Right. I needed usually to practice with other people. Yeah. And I was so focused on looking good versus looking stupid or managing my image with other people that I didn't want to I didn't want to look like a fool and so I avoided practice now I'm like how many how, how what, what did I do you know what could I've done better I mean if I make a presentation in front of our team members I mean that's the first thing I'm I walk out of a building I'm like what 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 could I've done better and yeah how could I improve and it's not it's not a it's not, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It just means I got to get better. I'm not perfect. I will never be perfect. I will never 100% nail it. And if I just continue to perfect my craft, master my craft, I'll get better. Yeah. Yeah. Conversely, I don't want to know anything. I know I've met so many people that are the same level of competency in 1999 as they are in 2019. Yeah. That's sad to me. Yeah. Well, what is the what is the line I've been hearing lately? If you when, when you start when you stop learning, you start dying, right? Yeah. So so it's it's yeah it's you, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse because yeah. people, people around you are, are getting better, and so you've got to you've got to want that. So there's the desire, and then that 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 competency piece is just so overlooked, as you said. So well, good. Um, what else? Well, I think the the other thing I would say about competency, there's the other component is knowledge. Well, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. right. There's yep. knowledge. I think that's a little easier for us to develop. But I would, I would encourage you, if, if to be super curious. Like curious should be that. a value. Yeah. should be one of your values. Curious with your customers. Curious with with other successful people. And that's yeah. something I've been working on personally, is to find other people that are successful and ask them questions. Like other sales reps that are in your organization yeah. that you know, why are you successful? Like, yes. Don't be so focused on, and again, I'm talking to me, on looking good as it is from learning. Yeah. Be a student. Like I struggled most of my career, like going up the pyramid and hanging out with people that were far more successful than I am because it made me feel insecure. Yeah. Because you're better than me. You're right. higher up in the pyramid. Which is, it's not, a, they're not better than me. They just... Maybe they're better yeah. at something, but they're not better than me. So I'm spending more time in the latter part of my career hanging out with people that are better. Yeah. 
at what they do. And I, I want to know what, if you're a better CEO or a better salesperson or a better leader, why? And so I'm learning a lot. And I would say the same thing about your customers. Be curious about what customer's world looks like. Because, you know, if you spend time with your customer and you hear things that you don't understand, ask them. Yeah. Find out what's on their whiteboard. Find out what, what, what are they, the people that you serve struggle with things. They, they have the same things they're working on. They're, they're all, you know, fighting for the same thing. They get comped a certain way. They, you know, and so the more you can learn about their world and yeah. move off your, how do I ask you questions so I can sell you something? Right. To what is what life problems like? Are you you, what problems are you? What, what yeah. you know, what? And, you know, what, what's on, again, what are the initiatives that you mm-hmm. focus on? Because everybody in a certain role has a, it's three or four things they have to do well. That's right. And, and learn what that is and yeah. what's happening in their industry and being curious. And it has made, and that day and time that you ask yeah. those questions might not lead to a deal. Yeah. But you will soon become somebody incredibly valuable to those people that you serve when you know their world and you know your solution and you can bring those two together, you're the only person that can do that. Yeah. Well, and you and I kind of live this all the time when people, salespeople and marketing people are trying to get a hold of us. If they know what's on my whiteboard or what my big rocks are each quarter of what I'm focused on because mm-hmm. my boss you know, is slapping me on the wrist to say, fix these things, then I'm actually very willing to have a conversation if I think they can help me. Exactly. Right. And yeah. so it, you turn that around and just say, how how do I learn what my customer wants? Yeah. And by the What's way, if you're way? just if you can't help them, yeah, but you're curious, honestly curious about knowing what their world is like with no agenda, right. and you care about what they're telling you, they'll tell you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, excellent. What a what a great topic. And so, you know, moral of the story is if, if you're if you're hitting your number or you're happy with where your your numbers at, um, you know, call us. We're looking to hire people. <laughs> we need sales reps. So come on over. Um, if you know if you're not where you want to be, it's not too late to impact 2019. So think about your own personal motivation, your own productivity, and how you measure that, and your own competency. And ask your manager. Team up with your manager to to make that. Uh, a joint goal to get you better in those competencies, those skills and knowledge that you uh, that you need to improve on. Been another great week on Ales with Aslan. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again in one more week, and make sure you enjoy the beer. <laughs>